All right, good morning, church. Thank you so much for bearing with me this morning as uh, I've got to uh, preach a funeral here after a while. And so uh, you, you guys coming on board here with us this morning and uh, me not being able to, to come in, it sure has helped a lot getting back into town on time. Uh, this morning we're going to be over in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. Titus 2, 11 through 13. One of the things that uh, came to mind last week was... Uh, the individual that uh, we're doing the, the funeral for today, he made a statement that uh, it absolutely broke my heart when he made this statement. And he said, I hope I get to see Pops when I go. And Pops was his grandpa. And that absolutely just ripped our hearts out. I hope I get to see Pops. So I had an opportunity after he said that to call and I got to witness to him and and he says that he has uh, had has I guess now a relationship with Jesus he has asked Jesus in his heart so that gave us a great peace but after he said I hope I really got to looking into those words I hope and it brought me over to Titus so we're going to just preach on that just a little bit this morning out of Titus 2 and we're going to look at the 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 second coming of Jesus something again we don't talk about very often the Lord's return does not grip the church quite like it did you know, 50 75 years ago there there are not as many messages preached today as there used to be about the second coming I don't know why it's not scary stuff for a Christian uh, but it ought to move some of the unsaved into getting in the church and getting things right with God but no one can read the Bible and not believe in the coming again of Jesus. There's no way to get around that. We know he's going to come. As someone has said before, and I like this, it comes to, to belief in the Lord's return, that there are two kinds of Christians. We have gazers and we have goers. We have gazers and goers. So Paul, when we read this in a second, it, it's Paul and he's charging Titus to be a gazing goer, motivated to live in the light of the one whom he is continually looking for. Now, G.C. Morgan, I was trying to think of the guy's name, G.C. Morgan, he said this, and I posted it on, on Facebook Friday because I love this quote, I never begin my work in the morning without thinking that perhaps he, that's Jesus, may interrupt my work and begin his own. I'm not looking for death. I'm looking for him. I love that. I'm not looking for death. I am looking for him. Let's read uh, Titus 2, 11 through 13. The Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust." We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, this morning, we just want to thank you again. Thank you for that uh, blessed assurance, that blessed hope that each one of us has that believe in you. And God, I pray today that if uh, somebody that's listening uh, does not have that relationship with your son Jesus Christ. I pray today would be a day of salvation where they would find that blessed hope. God, I pray that you would be with uh, the church as we continue to grow. Lord, keep us healthy, keep us safe. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with the Alders family, the Cannon family today as we go into the 
the, the funeral service for Michael. Just Lord, I pray that you would just have your will and way there be with myself and, and Preacher Daniel as we as we try to bring a message and try to, to bring some peace and some comfort to that family at the loss of this uh, this young man, 43 years old. And God, I pray that you just have, uh, have uh, again, your will and way there. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. So we need to expect uh, looking is the cure. Well, let me back up and just say it this way, I guess. Looking is the cure for apathetic living. That's a big word, I know, and I, I just I was found that in my commentary, and I thought that was a good one. Looking is the cure for apathetic living. Alexander Macklin he said that the primitive church thought more about the second coming of Jesus than about or I'm sorry, the second coming of Jesus than about death or about heaven. The early Christians were not looking for a cleft in the ground called a grave, but for the cleavage in the sky called glory. They were watching not for the undertaker, but for the upper taker. I like it, the upper taker. I believe every Christian ought to be expecting Jesus to return any day now. Again, we ought to live with an eye on the sky. We should be watching to the east always and listening for that trumpet to sound. Revelation 1-7, I love this verse. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. He's coming. And all indications seem to say that it could be pretty soon here. He, he could be returning at any any moment. So first thing we'll look at this morning is why are we looking? Why are we looking? Well, we're looking because we have a blessed hope. We're looking for Jesus right now because we as Christians have that blessed hope. Now this blessed hope gives us the encouragement and the enablement we need for daily living. It does not put us in a rocking chair where we uh, complacently await the return of Jesus. We're not there just hanging out waiting. Instead, it puts us in the world where we keep on going when the burdens are heavy and the battles are hard. Hope is not its not a tranquilizer. I think of the tranquilizers that we use for um, for cattle. You know, when we got a doctor and we can't get a hold of them because they're too wild, we tranquilize them to slow them down and to knock them out. This blessed hope that we have is more like a shot of adrenaline. And it, anybody that's been in emergency services know that we're adrenaline junkies. And, and we like that stuff sometimes. It's like a, a you know, this, this, this blessed hope that we have is a lot like um, a, a spiritual blood transfusion. It gives us a newness. It gives us energy. In our day, there are, there are different forms of false hope, though, that we got to be, we got to be cautious of. And, and it's being peddled in all these churches right now out there, these big mega churches. It's false hope. And most of this false hope, we would call it hype and not hope. And I don't like it. I want you to look at the characteristic of this blessed hope. Blessed means spiritually rich. Fully satisfied, independent of the circumstances. Now, look at the assurance of this hope. Believers are anticipating a hope which is certain to occur. The second coming. Hope 
is a biblical shorthand for unconditional certainty. Hope is expectation or, or confidence. And in the New Testament, it describes the believer's absolute certainty of future good. And that would be heaven. The future good, that would be the return of Jesus to come and get his bride. We are so looking forward to that. We are expecting and we are confident in knowing that he will come. The Bible's told us that. We are to be confident in this second coming. God has not broken a promise to any of us. And when he said that he was going to prepare a place for us and that when when it's done and he's going to come back and get us, he meant when it is done, he's going to come back and get us. That's that second coming. And so we cannot think of that as a, as a lie. We cannot think of that as anything that would would change our image of God in our mind. We got to think of that as just a promise that he hasn't fulfilled yet because he has fulfilled so many promises and he's never broken one of them. So that second coming, that's our expectation and our confidence Again, the, the absolute certainty of the future good, which is the second coming, which is the Christian going home. Now, number two, who are we looking for? Who are we looking for? I'll give you one word to answer that one. Jesus. We're looking for Jesus. Hope is seldom used in the Gospels for Jesus, who is the personification of hope. Paul Paul develops this, this New Testament um, I don't want to call it doctrine what would, what would you say theology or something like that but it's of hope as found in Jesus we're not looking for anyone coming from heaven we are looking for someone coming from heaven it's not Gabriel folks it ain't Michael or any of the rest of those angelic hosts that we talk about they are they're not worthy enough. They're inadequate for what we hope for and what we need. We look and long for the one who is our great God and Savior, and that is Jesus Christ. It's a blessed hope. Blessed hope because it is connected with Jesus. Life without Christ is a hopeless end, but life in Christ is an endless hope. The greatest joy on earth is the sure hope of heaven. Who's coming is our great God. Not our greater God, because after him no one is great. I mean, if you look at verse 13 again, it says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. After him there is no greater. It is just God just God. He is our great God. Now the object of our worship is God, the creator, our savior, forgiver of sins, final judge, final judge, the one to whom we pray, the one to whom we all have seen that there's fullness of the Godhead that dwells inside that body. Colossians 2.9 tells us, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of of the Godhead bodily. He is my Savior. He is my Redeemer. He is my Rescuer. The one who came 
to us in a cradle is the one who is coming again in the clouds. He's, he, I want you to think about this. I put some stuff together. I want you to just think about his first appearing and the second appearing. His first appearing is past and associated with grace. His second appearing is future and is associated with glory. His first appearance was the commencement of salvation. His second appearing will be the consummation the consumption, I'm sorry, of salvation. Let me say that one more time because I messed up. His first appearance was the commencement of salvation. His second appearing will be the consumption of salvation. His first appearing saved man from the penalty of sin. Now listen to this. His second appearing will save man from the presence of sin. That'll, that'll make you shout right there. That'll make you say amen. I don't care who you are. The second appearing was going to save man from the presence of sin. What that means, folks, is heaven. There is no sin in heaven. We've read it in Revelation. We know that there are no more tears, no more sadness, no more crying. There's no more death, no more dying. There is no sin in heaven. So when that second coming happens and we go home, we're leaving the presence of sin. It's going to stay down here. Because sin is not welcome in heaven. He that is coming is a sovereign one, the great God. The one that is coming is the saving one, and that's our Savior Jesus Christ. Too many, too many are taken up with the the the, the incident of the, the second coming instead of the individual of the second coming. We get so caught up in just the term second coming. We need to remember the one that's coming. And I, I read the story I'm going to read to you real fast about a young boy and he was he was playing in his grandmother's house near this, this big old grandfather clock. And noontime was approaching and when both hands were on that old timepiece, when it reached 12, the chimes began to ring. As he always liked to do, the boy, <clears throat> he counted each, each gong as it sounded. This time, however, something went wrong with the clock's inner workings. And instead of stopping at 12, it kept right on chiming at 13, 14, 15, 16. The boy couldn't believe his ears what he'd heard. And so he jumped up, he got up on his feet, and he ran into the kitchen, and he's, he's yelling at his grandma. I said, Grandma, Grandma, it's, it's later than it's ever been before. In his excitement, the youngster, he expressed a truth that we all would do well to consider. Think about that. It's later than it's ever been before. It's later than it's ever been before in the history of the world. In the days allotted to man and on God's calendar of events, it is later than it's ever been before. With each passing hour, the words of over in James 5, 8, it takes, it takes on a newer meaning and, 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 a, and a more significant meaning. He says, Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Think about that. For the draw for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Man, establish your hearts. 
Stop, get your heart right. Get things right between you and God. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to ask for salvation. Whatever it might be. But it's establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. If you've watched the news just in the past few weeks, there is so much death and destruction going on right now. It just makes you wonder how much longer we're going to have to tarry here on earth. How much longer are we going to have to... to to deal with all of this. And I told somebody the other day that they asked me if I would do their, uh, when they hit their 40th wedding anniversary, they asked if if I would renew their vows for them, just like I did for my parents. And now they've only been married probably just 20-some years, and I said, I pray the rapture comes before that happens. I didn't mean it mean. I just, be honest with you, I, I don't like the world we're living in right now, and I don't want to see my girls grow up in this wicked world. I just pray for the rapture, but I, I pray also that those that I know of that need Jesus, they get Jesus, they receive Him before it's too late. That should be each one of our prayers. We, we want the rapture. We want to go home. We're ready for that second coming. We're watching to the east. We've got our ears perked up. We're listening for that, that trumpet to sound for Him to come back and get us. But then we're, we're hesitant, too, because we know there's so many that are still lost that need Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Father God, I just want to come to you. As so many of us have a lot of burdens on our hearts, we have a lot going on in our life. Death, sickness, so many people that we know right now that are in the hospital, coming out of the hospital those that were not able to come out of the hospital, those that have passed on. God, it weighs on our hearts. It burdens us down. We want to come home, but we don't want to come home without the rest of our friends and family that we know of that are lost. Lord, we, we need, urgently, we need guidance. We need opportunities to be a witness. We need every chance that we can get to, to go and, and to talk and to pray with these people, to bring them uh, to the, the knowledge and understanding of salvation in Jesus Christ. God, we can't do it on our own. Lord, I pray that you would pave the way. Lord, I pray that you would open up doors for us. Lord, soften the hearts of those that are lost and allow us to come in, Lord, and, and help fertilize and, and, to, and to, 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 to preach or, or to talk or to pray, just to do something to get those that are lost to salvation. Lord, I pray that through the Holy Spirit you would draw us in the right direction. And Lord, as, as the Bible said here in James 5, it says, Be also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Lord, I'm excited. Excited to come home. Lord, I'm anxious because there's so many that I know that are lost. They won't make it. And God, I pray this morning that through the church, through the words that have been spoken, Lord, through our, our testimony, and through our acts, Lord, I, I pray that we could be that witness to those that are lost. Lord, I pray again that you would continue to bless our little church. Lord, continue to grow it. Bless it. Just, Lord, I pray that we could be that light on the hill. We don't need bells and whistles. We don't need uh, pomp circumstance. Lord, we just, all we need is you. And through you, we can do great things. And I pray, God, that you would just honor our efforts. And Lord, be with us. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy. Again, just thank you for all that you're doing for us. All this your son's sweet, holy, and precious name we pray. Amen. Church, again, I thank you for uh, 
bearing with me today, and I, and I pray that you would um, just have a great Sunday. Just pray for us as we go through this service. It's going to be a little different. It's a uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's going to be outdoors, and uh, just uh, a lot of a lot of heavy hearts right now. So I just pray that uh, we can get through this, and if there'd be one lost there, that they come to to Jesus before it's too late, before it's their turn to be in that cemetery. We love y'all, and thank you very much, and, and I will not be at church Wednesday. Pray for me Wednesday night. I'll be at Zionville Baptist Church preaching for them Sunday night, but I'll see you guys uh, next Sunday there at Chestnut Y'all have a great day.